This podcast is sponsored by Sky Residences. Experience sky-high possibilities and luxury condos overlooking the Edmonton skyline starting from $330,000. Learn more at liveskycondos.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Night on this Tuesday, March 12th, a quarter to 10. We've got you until the midnight hour, or as we call it, the John Deacon hour, here on uh, Sports Night on TSN 1260. And uh, we have a lot to unpack tonight. There is a lot that went on in the world of sports today, whether it's uh, in the National Hockey League, in the National Football League, or the Western Hockey League, as we just heard. Uh, we have a, uh, a a very busy show that we will try to get to everything that went down today in the uh, world of sports. These are who the uh, these are the gentlemen that will be joining us tonight. Craig Button will drop by for his weekly visit. He, of course, from TSN, and uh, we will uh, chat with him about the NHL's investigation into that alleged homophobic slur that was uh, uttered, la- that sounded like it was uttered last night. And we'll get into that story as we roll along. We'll obviously uh, talk a little bit of Oilers with Craig Button. And Zig Fercasi from SiriusXM NFL will uh, be a guest tonight as well as uh, the Cleveland Browns. Man, oh man, uh, they trade for Odell Beckham Jr. today. So we will get to all of that as we roll along in the show. We will talk uh, some Edmonton Oilers tonight, and uh, we'll start uh, right now with our poll question at tsn1260.ca. What is most likely to happen? Leon scores 50 or Connor McDavid scores 40 goals? Right now, 59% saying McDavid will hit 40, more likely than uh, Dreisaitl hits 50. I think Dreisaitl, I, I probably think both of them happen, actually. Uh, but if I had to pick, I'll go with Dreisaitl. And uh, that's going with the uh, minority. Uh, it's not taking nothing away from Connor McDavid. But I just think uh, Dreisaitl is uh, destined to hit 50 this year for some reason. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it's the more, more intriguing part because McDavid's scoring 40. It's not. It's going to be like, it's yeah, happened. whatever. <laughs> it's exactly. happened. But if both can, like, if McDavid can hit 40 and Dreisaitl hit 50, I'd be absolutely fantastic, uh, Dean. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see both, but I think I'm with you on this one as well because Dreisaitl hitting 50 would be something special. Well, and it's just uh, amazing. We've talked about this um, a, a couple of times in that, you know, the Edmonton Oilers could have... Um, back-to-back, well, you know, they they do have back-to-back 40-goal scores. In last year, McDavid had 41. This year, Dreisaitl has already surpassed it. But you could have a 40-goal score, a 50-goal score, and two uh, guys top 10 or top 5 in scoring, and you still might uh, miss the playoffs. They're hoping that they don't, uh, but you can vote on that at TSN 1260. Our pregame warm-up trivia question, we asked you about Ben Bishop, who was perfect again tonight, his third straight shutout. He is tied with another goaltender uh, for being the tallest in the NHL ever. We asked you who that other goaltender was, and surprise, surprise, Justin, uh, he realized that it is Miko Koskinen uh, right here in Edmonton. Both of them six foot seven, six foot seven uh, goaltenders, and uh, one of them was really good tonight. And uh, Miko Koskinen has been pretty good as well. Uh, okay, so on the show tonight in the uh, ten o'clock hour. Your chance to get in the mix for the ultimate sports trip of a lifetime, number 21. It is the World Hockey Championship in Bratislava, Slovakia. So uh, around 10.15 is when you can expect your code word for that. Before that, we will have Hernan's World and uh, another 
tasty prize pack on the line tonight, Hernanda. What are listeners playing for, and what do you got in mind? What are you what are you stirring <laughs> up for Hernan's World tonight? If you like beer, you're going to like our Hernan's World, and you better chime in because you can win some passes to the International Beer Fest that goes March 22nd and 23rd. And, I mean, it's a story of the day. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. getting traded to the Cleveland freaking Browns. I mean, from one point, you're like, what the hell are the Giants doing? But whatever. And then the Cleveland Browns are building something pretty damn good in Cleveland after so many years of just, uh, you know, misery. No playoffs in so too. Yeah. So, yeah. So Odell, Bell, Odell Beckham Jr. is your hint and beer is your prize. All right. Uh, that trade involved a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. So uh, the Giants actually made out pretty well. Uh, OBJ in his prime. And our question of the night revolves around that. Do you think the Browns should be considered AFC North favorites right now? OBJ and Jarvis Landry make up uh, maybe the best uh, receiving duo. Baker Mayfield looked really good. They've tried to strengthen their defense. Uh, Who knows what happens with Kareem Hunt, but Nick Chubb is uh, pretty good. So uh, a lot of people are saying, yeah, the Browns should be favorites right now in the AFC North. And on our uh, Twitter uh, poll question, uh, we threw this up. This question exactly, and 52% say you know it. 48% say no, they'll still mess it up. So it's still fairly close with uh, 50 votes so far. You can have your say at TSN 1260, but that is just massive news uh, from earlier tonight. And uh, yeah, I'll be on the Browns bandwagon right now. I think that, you know, the the Ravens <laughs> yeah. are, uh, uh, you, I know they still have a good quarterback, but uh, they also are going to lose uh, Suggs. Um, and so I think you look at the Browns right now and I, you know what, who knows what happens with Pittsburgh, you lose Brown and Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know about Cincinnati. So I'm on board. I'm saying, yes, the Pittsburgh, uh, the Cleveland Browns are the AFC favorites right now. Things could still change uh, during the off season, but where do you stand Hernan? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Baker Mayfield uh, will he go through uh, the the uh, always the sophomore slump? But mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Cream Hunt. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with him? Um, but if they get him, Nick Chubb, that's a hell of a backfield. And then Jarvis Landry. I mean, very good receiver, but playing opposite side of of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. That's pretty scary. It could be as good as what the Vikings have in uh, Thielen and uh, the the other guy. Uh, the name escapes me right yeah, now. The other receiver, uh, Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs. Diggs yeah. and Thielen. They're they're pretty good. These guys, I think, are better. Yeah, and just looking at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati, I think they've all kind of taken a step back. Now, if Le'Veon Bell goes to Baltimore like it is being rumored, then mm-hmm. you'd yep. have to put him up there. But right now, on paper, you have to go with the Browns, Dean. All right, uh, let's get into a couple of things before we have to take our first break. You just heard it, the Oil Kings winning their ninth straight, a 3-2 over Red Deer. That could be a first-round matchup. Uh, they're two points up on Lethbridge for first in the Central. Both teams have uh, two games to go. Remember, it's only a 68-game season this year in the uh, WHL, so not no longer 72. Uh, the Oil Kings will wrap up the regular season. Their final home game of the regular season is this Saturday against Calgary, and then they head to uh, Calgary on Sunday afternoon. Both games this weekend are afternoon uh, tilts, so you can uh, you know go see some uh, live hockey on uh, Saturday afternoon and then uh, check in with us for the uh, pre- and post-game shows. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers on uh, Saturday night, their games. And then uh, Sunday afternoon, you can listen to the call right here on TSN 1260. So good stuff for the Oil Kings tonight. As for the Edmonton Oilers and what went down tonight, here is everything you need to know. Uh, The Stars were playing against uh, Buffalo. 
Ben Bishop, perfect for the third straight game. Can you imagine? 2 nothing over the uh, Sabres. 204 minutes and 20 seconds of shutout hockey. 35 saves tonight. 89 saves over the three games. The Stars are 7-3 and three in their last 10. And you know what? They're now just two points back of the St. Louis Blues for third in the century. Remember, the Blues went on that incredible run, and they just have a two-point lead. And the Blues tonight, they lost. 3-1, the X-Jets win over St. Louis as the Coyotes continue to roll. Darcy Kemper, 39 saves after he got lit up uh, last night in a 7-1 loss to Chicago. The Coyotes have won nine of their past 11. Arizona now jumps into the second wildcard spot. That's what Ryan O'Reilly of the Blues said after the game, quote, it's embarrassing. It sucks. It's a game we should have won. There's no way those guys should have beat us. It's wow. a bit of a slap in the face to the Coyotes, isn't it? Like and, the Coyotes are like, good. we've won nine of eleven. Why can't we beat you? Yeah. So yeah, they have tons of injuries playing with a lot of guys that but are winning. household names. But they're that, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. They're getting the Ryan, job done. I don't know what Ryan O'Reilly is thinking. <laughs> like like he, the St. Louis Blues went on an incredible run at one point this year, but. And they were they were a team that other teams are saying there's no way this team should beat us. And they're not safe either. They're you know no, they only have a two point lead now. Exactly. So the Oilers entered play sixth in the wild card, tied with Chicago with 69 points. Uh, each of uh, the Oilers and Chicago have played 69 points. So now they are three points back of the Idle Abs, who didn't play tonight for fourth with a game in hand. The Wild didn't play tonight. Uh, they're five points back of the Wild for third with a game in hand as well. They are now six points back of Arizona for second in the for the second wild card spot. They have a uh, game in hand on the Coyotes. They will meet the Coyotes, of course, on uh, Saturday night, and they're eight off the Dallas Stars, who won for the first wild card spot and have the uh, same amount of games remaining. By the way, the Flames tonight. If you uh, weren't paying attention, they put up nine on the New Jersey Devils who will be here tomorrow night. <laughs> it's the seventh time the Flames have scored seven or more goals. And I think they're like in double, they're, they're in double digits when it comes to six goals in a game. They've scored nine twice this year and eight one other time. Like That's crazy. that is a juggernaut offensive team. Now, uh, they don't get any ground on uh, San Jose because they win with a late goal from uh, uh, Joe Pavelski. So, okay, really quickly, Oscar Clefbaum was quote, better today, according mm-hmm. to Ken Hitchcock. He did not practice. Uh, J.J. Kara didn't practice as well. Um, he took a shot in the fight from Brendan Lemieux. Daniel Carcillo had an interesting tweet about it today asking, you know, why Kara didn't spend any time in concussion protocol. It's very interesting, and he brings up a good point. We'll talk with Craig Button about it. Uh, the Oilers didn't give a reason for why Kara missed practice today. Lucic did skate. They're hoping he's ready for Jersey tomorrow. Uh, this Hernan is a uh, very, very uh, durable player. He's missed uh, two games, the last two games. That's the only games he's missed as an Edmonton Oilers. So uh, you have to think he's in pain. And uh, really quickly, we mentioned it about the NHL. They investigated the alleged uh, homophobic slur. Yeah. You know, We all listened to it last night, and, and you hear, hear something. Uh, the NHL determined that uh, Riley did not uh, utter a, a homophobic slur to referee Brad Meyer. So he's been cleared of that. Uh, some are saying it wasn't a homophobic slur, but the term rag it was used to, you know, rag the puck, delay time. Uh, according to a few dictionary websites, it means to, uh, quote, retain possession of the puck by skillful skating and stick handling without attempting to score as a deliberate tactic to uh, use up time. 
And uh, if there was a homophobic slur said during the game, the league did not reveal uh, that it was or who allegedly said it, just that it wasn't Morgan Riley. All right, uh, that's a little uh, uh, thumbnail sketch of everything that went down. We haven't even gotten to Serge Ibaka getting suspended, Russell Westbrook uh, fined $25,000, and the fan banned for life from uh, Utah Jazz games. And uh, quickly, Malkin, uh, 88th player in NHL history to reach 1,000 points tonight. That's right. And Ovechkin records an assist on Carlson's goal for career point number 1,200. So a couple of milestones uh, for some Russians in a, in a game that is uh, often billed as the Sid versus Ovi. <laughs> yes. And uh, tonight it was Malkin uh, taking center stage. Okay, when we come back, it is Hernan's World, and it is an Odell Beckham Jr. themed Hernan's World. This is Sports Night on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. You're listening to Sports Night with Dean Millard. On Demand. Five after ten. I don't know what segment this is, man. You're messing me up here. What's going on? Yeah, I just changed it up today. Is this not Hernan's world? It is. Okay. All right. Uh, what do we got going on tonight in uh, Hernan's world? Yeah, four-pack of tickets to the Edmonton Internationals Beer Fest at the Edmonton Convention Center, March 22nd and 23rd. All you have to do is chime in with your top three to the Boston Pizza Inbox at 10, 12, 16. You can win some Beer Fest passes. And in honor of old Beckham Jr. being traded by the New York Giants to the Cleveland uh, Browns, I'd probably say early evening today, uh, we're going to go with send us your top three players that have been traded in their primes to the Boston Pizza Inbox at 10, 12, 60, and you can win some Beer Fest prizes. Once again, send us your top three players that have been traded in their prime to the Boston Pizza Inbox for some Beer Fest passes. Alrighty. Um, my honorable mention, I was trying to find a fictional athlete who was traded. I couldn't really find any movie that involved a uh, a trade. So what I'm going with is... Uh, the gentleman that uttered this line in a very famous baseball movie. I best be getting on home before Alicia begins to think I got a girlfriend. Okay, do you know who that is, Hernan? No, I don't. Archibald Wright, Moonlight Graham, Field of Dreams, traded a chance to play with major league legends from the past to save Ray's daughter. Who was choking? Uh, Karen was her name. She fell off the uh, Moonlight Grain, was in the game, and he comes off the field. So he traded uh, a career in Field of Dreams to uh, save a little girl. My number three athlete that was dealt in their prime, I'm going with Patrick Waugh. And you might say he was too old, but he was only 30 when he was traded from the Canadians to the Avalanche and led Colorado to a pair of cups. He won the Conn Smythe, his third in 2001. His first full year in Colorado, he was tops in the NHL with wins at 38 and didn't have a win total south of 30 while with the Avs. So uh, Patrick Waugh gets my number three vote. Uh, Tyler Sagan, number two, 56 goals in 203 games in three seasons with Boston. Then dealt for Riley Smith, Joe Morrow, Matt Frazier, Louis Erickson. Scored 37 in each of his first two seasons in Dallas and had 40 last year. And uh, number one for me, I'm going uh, to the sport of baseball. And I'm going with Pedro Martinez. After four seasons with the Montreal Expos, the last of which he led the National League in ERA, 
and complete games while winning the Cy Young Award going 17-8. and eight. He was dealt to the Red Sox at 25, where he would win 117 games in 201 starts, including a 23-4 and four season in 1999. He won two more Cy Young Awards, 99 and 2000, and then, of course, the World Series in 2004 uh, for the Red Sox winning Game 3 of the World Series in their four-game sweep. So Archibald Moonlight Graham is my honorable mention, uh, Patrick Waugh, Tyler Sagan, and Pedro Martinez. Uh, text us at 10-12-60, uh, that is 10-12-60, to the Boston Pizza Inbox with uh, your top three athletes traded in their prime, Hernan. All right, my top three. I'm going to start with uh, number three. And if you've listened to this show, you'll probably know my number three. It's Taylor Hall from the Edmonton Oilers. I'm 25 or 24 years old when the Oilers shipped him away for Adam Larson in the summer of 2016, a straight-up one-for-one deal. He went on to win, uh, you know, the MVP of the NHL. Now, would it, it's hard to say that if he would have won that here in Edmonton, probably not, but still uh, traded a player of that category, uh, you know, elite in my eyes, you know, a, a legit top winger on any team and now has the... Uh, you know, the the award to show it. So Taylor Hall for me, number three. Number two, I'm going to go to the NBA, Vince Carter. I mean, the biggest idol, you know, for Raptors fans, most dominant, strong, athletic. Uh, and then, you know, he just got shipped away uh, to the New Jersey Dets in exchange for Alonzo, Alonzo Mourning, Aaron Williams, and Eric Williams and a couple of first-round picks. Uh, Aaron Williams, Eric Williams, uh, you know, depth guys. I don't think Alonzo Mourning never played uh, when he came over in that trade. But Vince Carter at the time was 27 years old. I mean, right in his prime. And he's the he's the player that made me a Raptors fan because before that, I was just, I just liked the NBA. I didn't have a team to cheer for. But, uh, you know, one of the biggest, biggest trades in, in Toronto history for sure. And my number one, I got to go with Gretter. How can no one go with uh, Wayne mm-hmm. um, Gretzky? <laughs> I mean, we were going through some numbers. Uh, I mean, 28 when he ended up in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he was still like... the the best player by far in the league. So I know it's a sale and you're going to say that, but there were players that came over in the trade and Jimmy Carson. And I think Martin Jelena was part of that package as well. So I got to go with Wayne Gretzky as my number one. So Wayne Gretzky, Vince Carter and Taylor Hall are my three. All righty. 10, 12, 60, 10, 12, 60 to the Boston pizza inbox. What are your top three Athletes traded in their prime in honor of Odell Beckham Jr. getting dealt to the Cleveland Browns today. Text us at 101260 and you could get your hands on some beer fest tickets. Uh, what else you got going down in Hernan's world tonight? <laughs> yeah, I've just I've seen some of the lists coming in, and there's one in particular I can't be- can't believe didn't make my list, and I'm kicking myself for that. But we'll get to those later. Right. Uh, this day in sports history, 1913, the American League approved the name change of the New York Highlanders to the Yankees. Hmm. Uh, that's interesting. In 1956, Dick Farley of Syracuse fell out after playing just five minutes. It was the fastest disqualification in what? NBA history. Like, did he just start slapping people around? <laughs> yeah. He went fear- He went. He went fully Baca yeah. uh, on the opponent. Yeah. 1966, Bobby Hall uh, became the first player in NHL to score more than 50 goals in a season. He ended with 54. 1971, Gordie Howe of the Red Wings announced his retirement after playing 26 seasons in the NHL. He would come out of retirement two years later to play for the Houston Arrows of the WHA. 1972, Bill Russell had his number six retired at the Boston Gardens. 1985, Larry Bird 
scored a club record 60 points. 1992, Moses Malone became the fourth all-time scorer in NBA history. I'll move on to some cool uh, Oilers this day in history. Uh, the St. Louis Blues claim winger Glenn Anderson off waivers from the Oilers back in 1996. How crazy is that? That's nuts. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't believe he would make waivers, but I guess he was older at that time. Uh, birthdays today, I can only find two. Evgeny Dadunov of the uh, Florida Panthers and the injured Miko Koivu. All righty. 10-12-60 to the Boston Pizza Inbox for your top three athletes uh, traded in their prime. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is a, a common one tonight as well. A-Rod and, oh, there's four of them from Dom. Uh, Gretzky and Breeze. Uh, three, Joe Thornton. Two, Miguel Cabrera. And, of course, one, Andy Moog from the Oilers to Boston. Yeah, that was in uh, 1988. He was still a uh, young player in his uh, prime. Patrick Waugh, Vince Carter, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That was uh, going back in uh, time for one from uh, Justin. And uh, this is a terrific one from Warren, uh, Sherwood Park Warren. Babe Ruth in at number three. That's totally true, man. Like the Boston Red Sox had something pretty special when they sold him uh, to the uh, New York Yankees and then went on to become, you know, arguably the greatest baseball player in history. Uh, Ricky Ray and Wayne Gretzky uh, being added uh, to that list as well. So uh, keep those text messages coming into the uh, Boston Pizza inbox 10 12 60. Uh, that is 10 12 60 to the Boston Pizza Inbox, and we will uh, get to them as we roll along in the program. Have I uh, have I got to the one that you uh, couldn't believe wasn't on your list yet? Or? Yeah, my, it would have been Ricky Ray. Oh, like okay, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you traded the best quarterback in the league at that time for a kicker and the uh, an average kicker, an average <laughs> and an average quarterback. Yeah. Like, well, uh, <laughs> would you even say an average quarterback? Well, yeah. Okay. No fair. But enough. yeah, like that was. Uh, that was a pretty ridiculous trade. It's just because you never see like huge, like enormous trades, blockbusters in the CFL. So it kind of just slipped my mind. But we're getting tons of great ones, Dean. Uh, this is a really good topic, uh, all in honor of Odell Beckham Jr. Excellent. So we'll keep that going uh, throughout the evening here on Sports Night. Uh, when we return, we will speak with Craig Button from TSN. At uh, 10.40, uh, we'll bring you uh, a couple of clips, some interesting clips I thought today from uh, some members of the Edmonton Oilers. One in particular from Ken Hitchcock about uh, 20 goal scorers that uh, we will listen to in a little bit. But Ke- uh, Craig Button is coming up next from TSN. Before we get to the break, time to give you your code word for the ultimate sports trip of a lifetime. Number 21, it's Bratislava, Slovakia for the World Hockey Championship and your uh, your your word tonight is easy. It's world, like Hernan's world, but just without the Hernan. So text us world to ten twelve sixty, and uh, you could be in the mix for the ultimate sports trip of lifetime number twenty one. This is Sports Night. Craig Button on the way here on TSN twelve sixty Edmonton's Sports Leader. You're listening to Sports Night with Dean Millard on demand. 20 past 10 on this Tuesday evening edition of Sports Night. My name is Dean Millard, Hernan Salas with me as well. And uh, we are going to bring in Craig Button, our uh, TSN insider, courtesy of National Oil Well Varco, shaping the community where they live and work, now hiring great people. Apply today to careers at NOV.com. 
Com. You can follow Craig on Twitter at uh, Craig J. Button. And uh, Craig, uh, welcome back to the uh, show. Um, uh, last night was an interesting one uh, because of what happened or allegedly uh, happened in the uh, the Leaf game. Uh, the NHL investigated the allegation that Morgan Riley yelled a homophobic slur at referee Brad Meyer, determined he did not say it, and never revealed if they think someone said it or not or if it was said. But, man, that was a, a real social media storm last night, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess when you have something that uh, that uh, is, you know, top of mind, and you know, we, we, I guess what I would say is, is we don't see these things happen, and so when they do, and I'm not suggesting that they don't happen, I guess what I'm saying is we just don't see them in the same uh, number of occurrences. So I guess when you when you do see it happen or hear about it happening, you start to you know, raise an eyebrow and you start to go, okay, what happened here? And and, and I, I don't think anybody uh, is of a different mind that it's unacceptable and, and, and we, there's no place for it. And, you know, everybody did the, you know, the proper procedures were followed. Uh, you know, you, you go through uh, the investigation before you come to any conclusions. And after the NHL uh, went through their investigation, you know, they came uh, to the conclusion that Morgan Riley had, had never uttered uh, any type of homophobic uh, slur. So I think that that's important too to to make sure that we uh, uh, understand that uh, you know everybody, everybody. Let's make sure we we, we investigate before we condemn. Yeah, and and you know, uh, kudos to to Morgan Riley for staying off of social media last night. I'm sure he wanted to uh, rush out and defend himself, but he let the investigation take place. I, I don't think that would have been a very easy thing for him to do. Yeah, well, I don't know if it, if it was easy or not. You'd have to ask Morgan, but I do know this: is that when he when he uh, he, from what I understand, is he left the arena, and then when he then then when he had heard, uh, you know, everything that had uh, that had been uh, uh, mentioned, and you know the the accusations, he phoned Kyle Dubas, the general manager, and he came back to the arena. And they sat down and talked about it. And, you know, then they, and again, of course, the, the league is, is going to uh, listen to the officials. Uh, they're going to talk to the players on the ice and try to determine, okay, was this uh, said by any player on the ice? I mean, the, the bottom line is, is that the NHL can't investigate uh, uh, the partisans or the fans. If somebody heard it, you would hope that somebody would say, hey, this is the person that said it. Uh, and, and you know what, that, uh, you know, the, the, the pressures, uh, of public pressure would without the person if, if somebody did say it. But, you know, I think that, you know, when you, when, when you're Morgan Riley and, and, and you go through the steps that he did to try to make sure that he was available, number one, number two, that he were, that he was ready to answer all the questions. And number three, he wanted it to clear up. I mean, those are just, I mean, that's just smart. And, and Morgan Riley's a smart person. Craig Button from TSN joining us here on Sports Night. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J Button. Uh, okay, so the Oilers get uh, uh, back in the uh, win column, and uh, Zach Cassian is quite likely playing the best hockey of his career right now. Not just the points, but his intensity. Uh, he's been physical without taking penalties. It is a small sample size. Do you think he can repeat this over sixty-five games next year alongside Connor McDavid? Well, I mean, I, I guess what I would say is is that when I try to look and, and try to evaluate who would be a really good fit for Connor McDavid, uh, I, I, Zach Cassian playing this way doesn't come to mind. 
I think that uh, it's it's good what Zach has done. I I, I think he's stepped in there and he and he's performed uh, very well as, as as everybody has seen. But when you're trying to, for me, when I'm trying to look at who would fit in with Connor McDavid, it's not Zach Cassian. Uh, yeah, to me, uh, we we've talked about it. The, the Oilers need more skill around their top end players and. Uh, I think that that's where they got to be looking at it. And, and that's don't diminish anything that Zach has done in that role. But to me, uh, you want to, you want to move forward. It, to me, it's not with Zach Cassian on the right side of uh, Connor McDavid. All right, uh, Craig, how do you think finishing the season affects the start of the next season? If you finish strong, do you have a better chance of starting strong and vice versa? If a team struggles down the stretch, how do you view that? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think one season runs into another, and I think it's uh, it's true of uh, of good teams. Uh, you know, if you if you finish good, and you know, you, it doesn't mean you're going to start out well. I mean, it's a whole new season. I, I mean, there's time off. There's going to be changes in your playing personnel. I mean, in the case of the Edmonton Oilers, there's going to be uh, a new general manager, potentially a new management team, potentially a new coach. So, you know, what's happened here at the, down the stretch? It's it's nice. But to me, you better be very, very, very careful about uh, about making any type of uh, conclusions based on this year or down the stretch this year at this point in the season and, and, and moving them into next year. Those evaluations have to be over a long period of time. Now, I'm not saying because you were bad that you should uh, uh, you know, make drastic changes, but, but at the same time, just because you've been good – doesn't mean you shouldn't make drastic changes. I, I, I think it all go, it's all part and parcel of the entire evaluation. And I think that uh, as you go through it, you better make sure that your, uh, that your evaluations aren't clouded one way or the other. We are chatting with Craig Button from TSN. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Button. And uh, an interesting tweet from Daniel Carcillo, former NHLer today on uh, the uh, the. The hard punch last night that J.J. Kara took and not going through concussion protocol. Uh, what did you think of what Carcilla was trying to bring up and, and, and of the punch that Kara took? Should he have gone to concussion protocol? You, you know, I, th- I, I thought Daniel, Daniel Carcilla made a very good point and, and, and raised a very good question. So if somebody gets hit in the head uh, along the boards and you, you look at it and you, you start to go, okay, Let's evaluate. Let's see where he's at in terms of does he need to go through the concussion protocol? I mean, it's not just getting hit. Now, uh, you know, my own feeling is, is is that when you have been hit like that in the head, I think you should be evaluated. I, but, but the concussion protocol is not that. They're they're looking to see if you're wobbly. They're looking to see if you if, 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 if when you get up. You're not twist. You're not. You're not disoriented. They're looking to make sure that you know that your footing is about you, and and that you're you're looking at all these things. But sometimes, in, in, in what looks like an innocent hit, might create uh, uh, a reason for there to be uh, uh, a player to be pulled and, and put into concussion protocol. Now, my own feeling is is when you take a punch to the head, you know, like and a good punch to the head, like I think that that automatically should be deemed concussion protocol, but. You know that that's something that's got to be uh, bargained and, and and gone through with the players' association and the NHL. But you know, I think as we're looking to to ensure that players aren't put into harm's way and and aren't at risk of further injury by by continuing to play or being put back into play before clearing concussion protocol, I think that's the goal here, and I think that's exactly what Danny Corsillo is looking to do. But to me, I. 
I, like I think that that should be something that, would, that that should be done every single time. Yeah, and and I I wonder about goalies as well. When you take a hard shot to the mask, yeah, how does that affect it? And you know what? We know that you know Connor Hellebuck took a shot to the mask the other day. Well, if you take him out of the lineup and you got to throw a cold goalie in, that could have a massive effect on that game. But we are talking about player safety, so um, it's it's I don't know. Is it? It's I don't know if slippery slope is the right term, but it, it, I think it's a difficult. Decision. Well, what, okay. Let me ask you this: What's the slippery slope in, in, in trying to ensure that players' safety is first and foremost? Yeah, I think, no it should be, yeah. I think it yeah, should I be. Yeah, I think it should be. I agree with you, Dean. Yeah, I agree with you. So, so, so to me, the, the argument that it's a slippery slope, like we've seen goaltenders get hit in the head this year. Uh, earlier this year, there was a Frank Saravalli wrote an article about goaltenders in practice getting hit in the head and having concussions. So, like, yeah, you get hit with the puck in the head at the, at the speed they shoot the puck, yeah, that's a blow to the head. I don't care if it's one minute left in a one-goal game or it's 59 minutes left at the beginning of a game. A goalie gets hit in the head, and you, 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 sh- you should be pulled. Let's evaluate him. Yeah, I, I I think player safety has to take precedent over the. There might yes. be there might be fans that are upset, but listen, this is the we we know the damage that uh, unchecked concussions can do, and and it's it's not worth winning a hockey game over. No, it isn't. No, you're exactly right. It isn't, and you know what? Like, and and it, it's not. We're not. We're, it's not the. Uh, we're not putting gladiators into the arena and right. have their heads bashed in and, and bloody. Right? It's it's not bullfighting. And to me, you know what, and, and, you know, there's a lot of uproar about bullfighting, as there should be. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is about player safety, as you point out, Dean. So to me, it's, just, it, it, it's black and white for me. It really is. It's black and white. Uh, we're talking with Craig Button from TSN. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Button. Sticking with goaltenders, the Stars win 2-0 two ni- two tonight. Ben Bishop has his third straight shutout. Uh, Dallas uh, now uh, closing in on uh, the Blues, and uh, so are some other teams for third in the Central. Do you think Ben Bishop is the type of goalie that can carry the Stars on a playoff run? Uh, well, he's shown a real capability to play at, 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 at a level that is that is pretty, pretty high. and. You know, I mean, they were outshot again tonight. And, you know, they don't score uh, easily. They, they're one of the lower scoring teams in the league. So, you know, Ben Bishop not only goes into the game uh, with the understanding that he's not going to get a lot of goal support, you know, they also give up quite a bit. So I think that Ben Bishop, the way he plays, the way he's playing, and the way he has played in the past, you know, he has shown a capability to play at a very, very high level. So, uh, to answer your question, yes, I, I do think he can. But, you know, it, one, of, one of the things that's really hard in today's game, it's really, really hard to win if, if you have a tough time scoring. And, and, you know, that wasn't the case pre-lockout, but it certainly is the case now. Uh, today, a, a couple of, uh, I guess now, former Princeton Tigers signing with NHL teams, Max Verano with the Senators. Uh, the Red Wings get uh, Ryan Kuffner. Um, do you think? Do you think, Craig, this is a route that the Oilers should be looking down this year to help them next year? Is there a you know a clear cut number one college free agent out there that uh, you know might be able to step in and help this team next year? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, they signed Drake Kajula. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a few years back, and and I mean, he was a top end uh, college free agent. He stepped into the lineup and performed very well for the Edmonton Oilers. So, you, you know, my feeling is is that uh, you know when when you look at college free agents. Number number one, they're older, so they're more mature. 
They're they're ready. They're they're more ready to handle the the pro game. Number one. Number two. They're they're two year contracts, and, and if you get them into the lineup right away, uh, you know, get their burn a year on the contract. You're basically on a one year deal. Three. You know what? At the very least, you know, you're looking at these college free agents, and, and in my view, they, they can definitely play in the American Hockey League. Number four, so if that's the case, and they, even if they go there and they develop and they need some time to, to move forward in their games, that's okay. So, like, like you know, you can look for immediate help, and, and that's always good. I mean, if you can find players in the culture agent, that's a good thing. But, but again, I don't see any downside in pursuing college free agents uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned. So, you know, it, I, I don't think it just has to be for somebody to come in and help you next year. It, it, you know, players, players, uh, you know, given an opportunity, uh, you know, whether it be right away in the NHL or, you know, with, with some opportunity to grow in the American League, I mean, those are things that you're trying to bolster your your roster and and get players into your development system. And like I said, I, I don't see any downside to that. I think it's all the, the the potential is all very good. Does that mean they're all going to play? No, sure. But, but it's still something positive. Well, and uh, you know, speaking of uh, uh, student athletes, but maybe a, a different league, the U Sport National Championship is this weekend. And Bob McKenzie mentioning on Insider Trading today that Golden Bear forward Luke Philp is uh, attracting some attention. You would have remembered him from uh, his time in Kootenay. He had an 82-point yep. yep. season. And, um, you know, it, I guess it doesn't matter where you find the player from as long as you find the player. And uh, this is just a, a great thing for U Sport, uh, the Alberta Golden Bears, and possibly uh, Luke Phil. Well, it really is. Obviously, it's great for Luke Phelps, and he he was a player that had success in the Western Hockey League, as you pointed out, Dean. Right, and 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 you know, you you're looking for players that you you feel have progressed and and, and continue to get better. And again, you know, you look at uh, their age; they're a little bit older, and a little bit more mature, they're a little bit more ready to play the pro game. And and because of the contracts and the, and the entry level, depending on what their age is. You know, you're not locking in for, for a long, long time. So I think that, you know, Derek Ryan, Derek Ryan is, mm-hmm. is a good example. Played for the Alberta Golden Bears. It took him a little bit of time to find his way to the NHL, but he did. And NHL teams are going to be looking for players. And, and if, you have that, if you have that background on a player and you look at Luke Phillip, and then you, you, you continue through and you go, well, I watch him at 16, I watch him at 17 and 19, and, and you, you see this progression. And to me, that's a real important part of scouting. It's the progression of scouting. It's not about looking at a player and go, oh, he can play, let's get him right now. You know what, it's about where does he progress from and that, that gives you confidence that, hey, this is a player that we feel has more room to grow and more room to improve. So I think it's, again, it's all positive. And, you know, I, like I, I think there are players in, 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 in Canadian University that are capable of opportunity and, and, and certainly are deserving of it. So it's always a good thing. Great stuff, Craig. As always, appreciate the time. We'll do it next week. We will. Thanks, Dean. You bet. There's a Craig Button from TSN. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Button. All right, some breaking news while we were in the middle of that interview. Uh, it sounds, at least according to Adam Schefter, that Le'Veon Bell is a New York Jet. This is surprising, though. Not that he's a New York Jet. It's a four-year, $52.5 million deal, according to Adam Schefter. 
That's only $13 million bucks a year. I thought uh, Le'Veon Bell was wanting a whole lot more money than that. And maybe he did and realized that he wasn't going to get it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting um, to see him. Uh, he held out for a year, Dean. Yeah. I mean, like, so you're expecting, like, a little bit more, but maybe it's just the right fit for him. He feels that way. I mean, Sam Darnold going into his second year, I still think you need uh, a couple more pieces on that team to be, uh, you know, be pushing for, for playoffs and all that. Mm-hmm. But interesting that he's going to the New York Jets. Um, not high on my list uh, for destinations. I thought Le'Veon Bell would go. But uh, Adam Schefter reporting. Was, I was hoping he was going to follow Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing. Like you saw Raider players tweeting at him, like "Come sign here, come sign mm-hmm. here." Antonio Brown, Carr, all that. So it, it's interesting that he picked the New York Jets. I'd like to hear his thoughts on why. All right, I want to get your thoughts, you the listener, on Le'Veon Bell landing with the. I almost said Winnipeg Jets, the New York Jets. Le, le, listen, Le'Veon Bell, he might be a good uh, quarterback on the power play or something like that for the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know. Le'Veon Bell, New York Jets, Adam Schefter reporting four-year, $52.5 million deal. We'll discuss this more in detail next. Uh, Just after 11 o'clock tonight, we will get to some Oilers audio from earlier today. And uh, 11.20, we'll talk more in depth about uh, NFL pre-free agency. Man, this is a crazy day in sports. It's a good day to be a uh, late-night AM sports radio host. This is Sports Night on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader.